consciousness is uniquely beyond reason and so does so do so many people but actually all reality is beyond reason in a sense it's noumena you know um it's yeah, noumenal no, but consciousness just shoves this in our face consciousness just goes i'm not I'm entirely sure how this connects with your idea that mm. everything is in principle <laughs> like uh like the reality makes sense yeah. Because ah. this argument is to go against the fact that reality makes sense. Yeah, I see why you think that, uh, would think that. Um, and I guess it depends what you mean by makes sense as well. I suppose that's probably quite because important. It can, can be, you know, explained, can be understood, mm. can be, you know, because so what my if, point yeah. is that, like, that reality mm. is intrinsically coherent in a way. Yes, yeah. Because coherence mm. implies that it can be understood in principle. Well, that depends. Um, I guess the, the the origin of the word coherence. Well, coherence is just for things to come together, for them to cohere in a particular way. So when I say reality is coherent, I mean that it's it's comes together in a consistent you know part, and things are together. Which means that you can explain it, which means that mm. you can understand it. Well, I think we can understand it um, from numerous different angles. But I don't think we're capable of understanding the whole simultaneously, right? So I think that, you know, science gives us genuine knowledge about the nature of reality. But I don't think it gives us a complete, you know, like, so I think um, it depends what you mean by science there, in fact. That's very important. Yeah, yeah but, as well, like, but in principle, can reality be understood in principle? Because what you're saying seems to be contradicting that. Yeah, I know, I know that it seems that way. And I guess I'm still working through that. But in my opinion, what I'm working towards is a, um, is a demolishment. That's the, like a refutation of the bad idea that reason and um, it's like the, the world of science and the world of um, the transcendent theological world or the world of mythology are somehow incommensurate, or if you want, that the you know physical world and the world of the mind are. So I think that they are completely mappable onto each other, as do reductionists claim to think, but I think they're doing it in the wrong way, and I think it's possible, therefore, to go to every mythological framework, and understand the way or you know get gain insight into the way that they were interrogating reality and because they were interrogating the same coherent consistent reality although they were describing it very differently and at different levels of coarse graining and stuff yeah um, but i mean in, in order for for those two, two things to match together they don't have to be uh working and describing the same coherent reality they just have to be describing the same reality like it doesn't have to be coherent um, I guess I, I think this it just really depends what if you, you mean by coherent. Like if you take yeah. a, no, if you take anything, a pen. If you yeah. take a pen and you describe it from the perspective of coordinates of atoms and vectors of electrons and that's bullshit, yeah. you will describe a pen. But then you can describe the same pen from the perspective of the usability and functionality and what it means sure. for you well, to have this pen. Yeah, that's the this whole... kind of the you know, theological approach and reductionist approach. If you want, it doesn't. 
the band itself, like the nature of the band, doesn't matter as long as you're describing the same band. It doesn't have to be coherent. Uh, it doesn't. Like, to, for, for the theological explanation mm -hmm. and reduction of scientific yeah. explanations to match, yeah. reality doesn't have to be coherent. It just have to be the same. Yeah, so I think that we're just using the word coherent differently, you know. I am saying that those two things are describing the same thing differently, right? So yeah. that's my whole levels of description thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what I was just saying. kind of makes, makes, I mean, at least in my understanding, the way that if you are studying one piece of reality, then another piece of reality is at least in some sense causally connected with that one in yeah, some and it is. way. And it is, and that's the whole argument that I've been making. I'm saying that we're not good at thinking about interdependence because we like yeah. when we come to understand things, we necessarily have to do it in sequences. You know, like we have when we try to causally understand a phenomenon, we identify individual causes and we, you know, we break it down, we yeah, reduce yeah, yeah. it. And in fact, because we can achieve quite a lot with coarse graining in that way, we are in fact able to understand a lot of things that way. Um, but we are not. But just I don't necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I am fine with if reality is that way. I just I don't believe that yeah. it necessarily is that way. Well, so that I, it, it necessarily is yeah. unified on other level yeah. than just. The entire universe, multiverse, multiverse, whatever is the entire thing. Yeah. Like that's on the level of that entire thing. Yeah, that's like that's what I mean though. Like that is what I mean. That there is there is a there's a coherent they're whole. Like, no, they're not they're not they don't cohere within. They don't you know you have you know two parts of reality. Yeah. And they might behave in a totally different way to each other. In like completely you know orthogonal way to each other, and the only way they connect is that they you know you or you can use yeah. any you can't use basically knowledge based on this part to explain this part. Yeah, well, and the only way they connect is the part of the whole. Yeah, you could you could turn that into a kind of um, string theory type argument and say that there are other parts of the multiverse. I mean, that's exactly what string theory claims, as do other multiverse theories in different ways. There are other parts of the multiverse in which, say, the laws of physics, so coherence at that level, are not the same. So that parts of yeah, reality... Still which the is, it's still coherent because we're using the same physics. We're just, you know, parameterizing it differently. We're just saying that it's sort of... Sure, but that's... Yeah, like, sure. Or... Sure. I mean, I think we're still running aground here of the difference between... I mean, I, I think we're saying very similar things, if not the same thing, but that you prefer a different language. But for me, it's like, if... if like, I think that's some of it. It may not be all of it. This whole area of, of philosophy, if you want, this metaphysics, this fundamental idea, what is reality, is... Uh. is an area with a huge number of blind alleys and like very very it's, it's it is beyond reason right i mean that's kind of what we're getting at to some extent it is in some sense ineffable but to the degree that it is possible to speak about it at the level that we're trying to speak about it when i can see two levels of description of a single phenomenon um, when, in fact, when I can identify them to be of the same phenomenon, 
I treat, I choose to assume that they are the same noumenon, you know? Like, I choose to assume... <laughs> that's a very jargon and stupid way of putting that. Like, when I see two types of descriptions and they appear to be referring to the same apparent object, the same entity, I assume that they do, in fact. That's why I think you can go to any different... To the extent that any description of reality is, you know quote-unquote, true, wise, any of those, you know, positive terms. There are plenty of descriptions of reality that is just complete bullshit, obviously. But to the extent that any one is good, they are intertranslatable in some sense. But like any kind, because they refer to the same thing. But in any, like in any kind of translation, you will lose something in the translation. Um, and you may lose a great deal in some translations. And a lot of levels of description are just different kinds. I mean, this is, I'm going to say the same thing in a different way. They're different kinds of coarse graining. So they are, in fact, us applying a kind of reductionist method. It's like an a priori thing. It's transcendental um, that we apply this kind of... <laughs> um, that was a justified eye roll. That was an in I was intending to, <laughs> to elicit the eye roll. Um... Like, we bring that to the table. We bring, like, when we try to describe things, we coarse grain them in some way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that the difference between scientific approach and theological yeah. approach is that scientific approach comes from, tries at least, to come from the objective reality, tries to remove subjectivity yeah. as yeah. Uh, much as possible. While theological approach is quite the opposite. Sure. It tries, not yeah. that it tries to remove objectivity, but it's basically yeah. coming from the shared subjectivity. Sure. While science is the shared objectivity. Yeah, but so and I'm making... So, the, I mean, that's very true, and that's a very important difference. But again, I think that we run aground... Um, yeah, I mean, it would be like... It's like, you know, studying the code and studying what the code actually yeah. represents. But uh, Yeah, exactly. And and so the thing is, yes, they're describing it from... Their um, data are different, basically. Um, but the subjective data is nonetheless in the world, right? See the, see, yes. Yeah, but see, the yeah, dualistic yeah. move is to say that because this is a different kind of data um, accessed from a different perspective, that is the claim, it's the subjective data versus the objective data, never mind the very obvious fact that all objective data comes through us comes to us as phenomenal, yeah. it's subjective, but there's still a very important difference. I'm not using that argument to claim that science is an objective in some way. It is. Like, it does its very best to be. You know, science, or like hardcore reductionist methodology, is all about trying to strip away the extraneous shit, the stuff that you say is not important to the explanation. And that includes all your biases and things like that. You're trying to get them out of the picture. And it's very, very profitable, very, very important to do that. Um, but my claim is that the subjective um, perspective is also in the world, basically. It's a very simple claim, but it's amazing how most people don't seem to understand this. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm you know, elucidating this in, in any kind of definitive way. You know, like it's a difficult subject to talk about. And if it wasn't, we wouldn't see so many people tripping up at this very, very simple idea that your thoughts are in the world. Your hardcore, hardcore reductionists 
they just throw the baby out with the bathwater because they're like, I don't understand how that could possibly be, you know, uh, interdependent on the, you know, supervenience. You know, they don't understand how thoughts and neurons relate to each other. And they seem to be, you know, there seems to be this unbreachable schism between them as though there's no coherent reality, in fact. That's the way they're seeing it. They're seeing it as though there's no coherent reality that joins those two things to each other. And that's dualism. And I reject that. You know, that's what I'm rejecting. I'm rejecting the idea. Yeah. I mean... I agree with you.